Let's go. Building up to the new season. The clock is ticking until the new season begins. This is the Go Radio Football Show. Well, the revolving door is starting to spin at Celtic, with new arrivals expected to pass some familiar faces on the way out. Chris Iyer could be on his way to English Premier League new boys Brentford in a deal worth around £13.5 million. Meanwhile, Celtic have signed 19-year-old Israeli winger Lil Albada uh, for somewhere in the region of three and a half million. And he's expected to be quickly followed in by Ruben Kazan's Swedish defender, Carl Starfelt, uh, who'll cost more than four million. It's Rob McLean and Stephen Cragen on, uh, what night is it, Craigs? Thursday night tonight, Thursday night, thank you for that. Uh, And what are you thinking about all the player movement at Celtic? I mean, it's inevitable that it was going to happen, but it's all happening really late in the day, isn't it? We're five days away from that Champions League qualifier. We've been speaking about it in this show for the past four or five months since Neil Lennon left his job. Probably, yes, about the manager coming in, but the big overturn of players that was required, the quality of player they needed, uh, what positions needed filled. And it's very surprising for me that within five days of, you know, I'm saying the biggest game of the season, but certainly it can put them on trail for potential Champions League that they're still looking for the same players even these players coming in now uh, Rob may not even be able to affect Tuesday night I'd I'd be surprised I think you can probably register one um, between now and Tuesday night so it could be a badder but certainly you know it's it's, the delay in naming their manager is catching up with them and it has eventually caught up we knew it would back in February and March if they didn't get their job done it's now caught up and they look really light and undercooked getting into a big game against Mitchelland that music ended quite dramatically. 0808 08, 17 17 700 if you want to get in touch with us. What are you thinking about the shape Celtic are in? So close uh, to that big game against Michelin uh, next week, five days away. It's Tuesday night, uh, the first leg of that qualifier, which could mean so much. Uh, where is Ange Postacoglu with his uh, preparations? He doesn't seem to be too long in the door. He's had that uh, training camp in Wales, uh, but now it's down to some serious business. Celtic Preston on Saturday, and then it's that Tuesday night European qualifier. Uh, other headline sports news tonight. Uh, Kilmarnock have found out they're a punishment for fielding an ineligible player uh, in the League Cup on Saturday. Uh, the three points now go to East Cobride and there's a £5,000 fine suspended uh, for a year. And uh, well, you just wonder what sort of implications it could have. Uh, one minute Kilmarnock are off to a winning start uh, in their group campaign. Uh, the next they're right at the bottom of that table uh, with points to get yeah. on the board. Well, it, it puts a little bit more pressure on them to win their next three games. You'd imagine if they won their three games and had nine points it should be enough to win the group, you would imagine. Because uh, if East Clubride were to win another couple of games and get the nine points, they're probably the only team who could go above them in a head-to-head record. But it is quite a strange one because Hearts had the similar situation, Rob, back in 2018. I think it was Andy Irving. It was. Whenever they beat uh, Cove Rangers right. up at Cove, they beat them, I think, by 2-1 or 2-0 or whatever it was. And he played. And Hearts lost two points with a £10,000 Fine, I think suspender certainly part of it suspended. Yeah, I think I think eight grand of it was suspended. suspended. So I, I, it's kind of hard to work out why one team gets two points taken off and one point uh, and, and one yeah. team gets three points taken off because both teams won. Kilmarnock won and Hearts won, but Hearts lose two points. The cynic in tells me that the SPFL didn't want Hearts to go out of the competition because it was after the you know the group game. So um, 
very surprised it's came to that. I'm sure Kilmarnock, they haven't agreed to it as yet. I'm sure they will be looking into that in the history books and thinking, we might just appeal this. Yeah, and if you're waiting for any sort of explanation as to why that punishment has changed in the last three years, um, then you'll have to probably go on waiting, um, I would imagine. Um, so Daniel Armstrong uh, was the player. He was uh, he was used as a sub uh, in Kilmarnock's 2-0 win uh, against East Kilbride at the weekend, but he was serving a one-game suspension. He was making his debut after joining from Wraith Rovers. He'd replaced Chris Burke. Um, and Kilmarnock went on to win the game. So the award of the win lifts East Kilbride to the top of Group G with four points from their two games. Kilmarnock have only played one, of course, so they remain pointless. Uh, Kilmarnock reprimanded, warned about their future conduct at uh, at the SPFL Tribunal, uh, and they said, Kilmarnock, that they reiterated their apology to the fans as well as East Kilbride and the footballing authorities. They added, uh, well, processes are already in place to try and prevent something of this nature occurring. Clearly, mistakes can and have occurred in this case. After quickly investigating the circumstances, we have immediately added an additional step to our internal procedures to ensure this can't happen again. Armstrong will serve his suspension Saturday as Kilmarnock visit Clyde, uh, the League One team having won their opening game against Stranraer. It's all a bit embarrassing for Kilmarnock, yeah. isn't it, when you're a top-flight, top-level club? Well, normally each club would get in, Rob, uh, a list of suspensions for that week coming up or for the next game coming up. So whether it's been missed or whether someone hasn't paid enough attention to it, and, you know... You you hope someone doesn't lose their job over it, someone in the administrative side, because, listen, sometimes these unfortunate errors happen, but it should be scrutinised. And as a manager, normally you'd be thinking, any suspensions coming up, do we have any issues? I was speaking to Alan Burroughs last night at Motherwell, and he was saying, he said, said to the club secretary on Monday, please check everything, <laughs> check every sheet. Yeah. So every other club will now be doing it. Every now and again, it's as if one of these little instances raise their head and everyone yeah. else refocuses on their job. Maybe you become a little bit lax, but... Certainly other clubs have learned from it, but hopefully, um, you know, Kilmarnock have said they have got, you know, what, a new procedure in place to stop it, but it shouldn't really be happening. That's the thing, isn't it? It's a timely warning to others. Stephen Craig and Rob McLean uh, on the Go Radio Football Show on a Thursday, and we've got David in Cumbernauld with us as well. Hi, David. Evening, everybody. How are you doing? Hi, David. I'm doing great. Well, we do today. I just wanted to pose a little question to you. Um, I think the coming season could be very, very exciting. Um, got Hibs have got a lovely bunch of players in. Um, St, uh, St. Johnston and St. Mirren were absolutely brilliant last season. Um, Aberdeen are undergoing a rejuvenation, so we don't really know what to expect from them. I think it could be one of the best seasons in recent memory. David, you're getting me excited already. <laughs> what, what, and what's your team, David? It's Rangers, my favourite right. team. So for right. me to say all the other teams are looking good, that, that mm. tells you something. Is that because you think you're going to be away with it and you're just looking for a bit of competition in the lower reaches underneath in the league table? You know, I think it could be... Well, if Celtic don't get their signings right, the battle for second place could go to any of the mm. teams that I, I named there. I'm especially looking forward to seeing what Aberdeen does because um, whenever a team goes through a total change of ethos. They're, they're always a bit dangerous and a bit uh, wily to figure out at first. So I'll just be looking forward to the new season and it's a great prospect for the whole of Scottish football as well. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting, isn't it? Because, I mean... Uh, in the course of the hour, uh, Craig's and I are going to try and project what Celtic team, what Celtic's team is going to be next Tuesday for a massive match for them. Um, but they, they look to be struggling to to put together a really strong eleven at this stage. Uh, Rangers are are bolstering what they had, which was already a, a massive squad from last season. Uh, there's Hibs who were really impressive last campaign as you say Aberdeen under Stephen Glass what are they going to be like we uh, Craig's and I both saw Hearts on Tuesday night in the in the League Cup St Johnston were mighty impressive la- last season what are you thinking Craig's David's got a good point there hasn't he he has indeed you know I, I just think you know everyone else seems to be not scrambling for players but looking to add two or three more and ranges I looked at today of anything between you know we spoke about it last week anything between 28 and 30 players available for their first team. And that's not including the likes of Kai Kennedy and Stephen Kelly. So Rangers have got a huge squad. They're going to have to trim somewhere along the line. But you look at Celtic a little, a little bit light. I said it earlier, a little bit undercooked. But what you tend to find is, certainly when I was at Motherwell when I played, whenever we had a good season and got into Europe the following season, it was never the same team that played in Europe that qualified for Europe. So I look at Hibs. They look stronger than what they've been last season, Rob, when you think they added... Um, Daniel Mackay, Jake Doyle Hayes, they've kept hold of Kevin Nisbet, they've kept hold of Ram Portis just now. Uh, uh, Aberdeen, I wouldn't say they're stronger, but certainly Scott Brown, Declan Gallagher and, and Ramirez mm. make them look a little bit more um, robust and harder to play against. St. Johnson have maintained where they are. You know, you think of Sean Rooney's been linked, Jamie McCart's been linked away, Ali McCann's been linked away. So Callum's kept the real guts of that squad who know the system inside out. So they should be able to maintain their level of performance. St. Myrna, the one for me, I like to look off when you get, you know, they brought in Curtis May and of course, you know, he didn't score a lot of goals at Motherwell or Aberdeen, but um, he scored the other night for St. Myrna, so he looks strong. Eamon Brophy will be fully fit, Charles Dunn coming in. So I just think there's there's teams there. Um, Greg Kilty, Jamie McGrath going to stay. So I just think there's teams there where you think if you can get a good run together, they could push certainly top six in the table. You know, you'd imagine Celtic will sign more players and over the season will have better consistency. But, you know, if Celtic don't get their, you know, things in order, they could be looking over the shoulders as opposed to looking above them. David, I'm having a stab in the dark here. Are you climbing a hill? Uh, I, I'm having a nice free walk, walk about. Lovely day. You don't get it often in Scotland. No, no exactly. And <laughs> I, I mean, you, you mentioned Hibs in the question. Are, are they the one that you think are going to take another step forward? Are, are they going to be the biggest threat to, to Celtic this season for second place? I think so. so. If you look at their team, I'm the one of these fans that I'm only into, only care about my team. I like to see the other teams doing well because it's only good for the, the progression of the, the Scottish football name. Yeah. And the way that they've done uh, uh, the team uh, for England, and, they've played quite well. And uh, Yeah, they beat Arsenal, they've yeah. Great, yeah. They've got a lot of great players in that team. And I'm all for the development. And it seems, um, I think it was an American guy that came in and invested in them. So Ron Gordon, yeah. He, developed, he wants to develop them a wee bit and that's just great for Scottish football yeah. which shows that things are progressing and changing and things are going to keep getting better and better for us yeah. and I do think this season will be very, very interesting. And I think, I mean, Craig's and I were just speaking about this before we, when we were coming into the studio. Um, it would be great to think that um, the Scottish teams and not just Rangers and Celtic can make an impact in these European games, uh, get into the group stages um, and imp- keep on improving that that coefficient, which so often is just left to Rangers and Celtic to do. Well, I think that I think a lot of the Scottish teams did not too badly uh, last year, but they, I mean, 
I think things are going to keep getting better as long as more people start coming into football and I think that's what will happen um, with the Scottish team doing so well in the Euros um, I think that will get a lot of youngsters interested in the in the game and progressing forward as well and that's all what it's all about about getting our game back to where it belongs in the next two seasons I think are going to be critical for whoever wins the the domestic trophy because mm. I think um, if I remember right and the, the season after this um, whoever wins the the title gets That's the guaranteed right. entry to the, to yeah. the group yeah. stages. Yeah, yeah, it would be nice, Crags, wouldn't it, to think that we can maintain momentum because although yeah. although a couple of the results were disappointing in the Euros, we were there. Let's not forget yeah, that it had been course. so long that since Scotland had, had qualified, so so that was an achievement. And you would look to the club sides to keep that going now? Well, there's a real feel-good factor about the national team and people having good memories of, of watching Scotland at a major tournament. So I think fans are excited to get back into the stadiums to see their team playing again. Let's hope there's a, you know, an increase in average attendances over the certainly short term anyway, Rob. And then if we could get Aberdeen and Hibs and St Johnston knocking on the door of the, you know, the Europa Conference League group stages, suddenly there's other interest. Our game gets put into the fore a little bit more. Um, and I'm just even looking at Hibs, the likes of Scott Allen, Jamie Murphy coming back as mm. well, who will just boost them up. But, you you know, Stephen Gerrard and Rangers, you know, overwhelming favourites for the, for the title this season already, just looking at where Celtic are at this moment in time. If they get through to the group stages this season, and then if they win the league and get next year, that's, what, £60 million plus, Rob. I mean, oh. that is life-changing money, certainly for a club like Rangers over two seasons to bring that kind of money in from where they've been and where they could go. So that's why, you know, it's important for the Scottish clubs when they get into European football, go and do yourself proud. We can't just continue to rely on Rangers and Celtic. The others have to try and play their part. What are you thinking, David, about the, the Celtic challenge? Um, how are they looking at the moment from, from what we hear? I always think um, you underestimate anyone at your own peril, but it doesn't look very good the other side of the city, does it? Um, but you've got to keep focused on your goals. You've got to keep progressing as a football club. And I think Steven Gerrard is there. He won trophies. I think he's maybe a little bit disappointed that we didn't get the treble. We didn't kind of pull it off. But to be on all and end all last season was getting that league title, stopping the 10 and getting the 55. Now it's about whether what he can do now that he's got those, his foot in the accelerator, can he keep going forward? And uh, be the next, maybe lucky to hold on to, on to him for maybe three, two, three seasons. And that's what he's there today. He's there to improve himself as well as your team. And I think the step forward in Steven Gerrard's head, Crags, would be making an impact in Europe. You know, he's already done well in the Europa League with Rangers, but he mm. will see this season and the next few weeks as being crucial in terms of trying to qualify for the groups in the Champions League. That would be a massive step forward. It is. I think that's when people sit up and take notice. You know, that's the top tournament in Europe. Of course, you know, Europa League's great. You can progress, you can win games. Everybody gets excited. But managers and players want to be involved at the top table and the Champions League is the top table. So that would be a huge boost if Rangers could do that. Listen, it's going to be tough. They know that. They're going to come up against tough opponents. But, uh, you know, if they can get things moving well, they can get a good squad. They will have to trim, no doubt about it. If they want to add one or two, there's still names being linked left, right and centre with moving in. So he's got to get himself a, uh, probably a settled squad of 22, 24 players, Rob, who he knows he can trust and rely on. He can bring players in. He can turn them around. You know, Kimar Roof suspended for the first Champions League qualifier. Alfredo Morelos isn't back in the country yet, so you just wonder what kind of fitness-wise he'll be in when he comes mm. back or how long it'll take him to get up to speed. Fashion Sakala may be in the country at the minute. If he is, he's just arrived. 
So suddenly you're under three weeks away from your first Champions League qualifier for Rangers for a long, long time. And they're without probably one of their top three strikers. Yeah. So it may have to be Cedric Etienne or Jermaine Defoe. So that could be a little bit of a hindrance early on. But certainly when you look at the depth and squad, uh, Rangers have every chance of pushing certainly up to the playoff round of the Champions League. And then it's, uh, you know, they have to produce. Talking of uh, Fashion Sakala, he is in the country and he will be with us on the show uh, tomorrow night. So it's going to be good to talk, talk to him and it's going to be interesting to see uh, what he gives to Rangers because the thinking when he signed was that he will give them uh, something a little bit different. Uh, where do you stand, David, on the obsession that there tends to be in Scotland with the title? If you haven't won it in 10 years, you're desperate to win it. Once you've won it, you want to retain it. Celtic were chasing 10 in a row, which ended horribly for them is do you do you agree with with Craig's that that actually progress for Rangers this season uh, would be uh, could come in Europe I think it's um critical I think getting into the group stages is critical for for the progression of the football club uh, we've seen how well those uh, players that we brought in for uh, done in the Europa League um to continue in your football club and continue involving your football club, you need uh, bigger challenges. No disrespect to my fellow Scottish teams there. As I said before, I want the best for them. But when you're going up against your, your Real Madrid's, your Barcelona's, that's when you really know when your metal's tested. Yeah. And that's how times are made is when you get put under pressure. And I think we'll really have a go at it this season. I think that's what Gerard's trying to do. You see the signings that he... Um, that Lundstrom, that's obviously a higher class signing. Yeah. He wants to progress this football club, which is a, which is great from a Rangers fan point of view. And continuing in Europe, that's what you want for a Scottish team and a Scottish club. And the next two seasons are critical for whoever win, wins it, because that's a lot of money in either club's bank account. I remember Barry Ferguson said months ago, uh, that no one would leave Rangers in the summer. And there's been a lot of noise recently around Alfredo Morelos and, and Porto. Craig Moore on the show uh, was saying, don't get overexcited about that one because it probably is not going to happen because Porto ain't going to come up with the money that, that Rangers would be after. So it, it's perfectly conceivable at this stage that Rangers are going to have all they had last season, Crags uh, and more. Which is exciting for them. You know, they wouldn't want to, you know, sell players and move them on. You know, fans want to go and see their best players. You know, they hear a business model in the background. They don't really, you know, want to know about that. They just want to focus on the team that's on the pitch. So if they can keep Morelos, keep Kamara, it's still an over, you know, inflated squad, Rob. They're going to have to trim somewhere along the line. You can't just continually keep bringing players into the football club. But likewise, I think they're now strong enough in a good position. If they don't get the money, they ain't going to sell. David, you're having a stroll in the sun. Is it going to be a stroll in the sun for your team this season? You can't see you can't see past Rangers at this point, can you? Um, but I always say, never look a gift horse in the mouth and never underestimate anybody. We're there to retain the title. We're there to prove that we're deserving champions and it wasn't just a one-time flick. Hopefully we get more than just the title. A nice wee double would suit me nice and I could be running Europe. Well, you sparked a good discussion, so thanks for your call. Thank you. Cheers, David. Cheers, David. All the best. The Go Radio Football Show. The Go Radio Football Show Talking football first Listen live weeknights from 5 Thanks to Chris for the travel Another update from him in about 15 20 minutes time Rob McLean and Stephen Cragen It's a Thursday on the Go Radio Football Show Heard from David just before the break Interesting thoughts uh, About some of the teams lining up Behind his team 
um, in the placings in the Premiership this season. What are we going to get from Celtic? Well, there's a good question, uh, and we will uh, certainly be debating that as the show goes on. Hibs, Aberdeen, St Johnston, Hearts promoted. What sort of impact are these clubs going to make? Um, what sort of numbers are they going to be playing in front of as well? All sorts of applications going in uh, for different sized crowds in the coming days and weeks. Is there going to be a formula uh, that's developed that works out for everyone? Probably not uh, would be the answer to that one, but we shall see. So we did David before the break and we're going to have a David after the break as well. Hi, David. Hi, mate, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Um, I thought you might be short of breath cycling from John O'Groats to Land's End, but you're sounding in pretty decent shape. Yeah, but I, I get a wee five minutes to just have a wee kill down there. <laughs> you're just a, an elite athlete by the sounds of it. Well, I'm trying, I'm trying. Good I'm man. It's off a charity, mate, it's off a charity. Tell me, tell me about it, David. Yeah, I'm cycling from John O'Groats to Land's End. Uh, Self-supported, so just having, having a carry is everything I need. And I left Wick and travelled up to Johnny Groats uh, not yesterday before and now basically I'm just there to play wrestle right <laughs> believe it or not that sounds like good progress mm. oh, try my hardest mate try my hardest the two of us are knackered even thinking about yeah. that journey that you've done already that's good good <laughs> performance from you what would you like to say on the subject of, of football David uh, just a, a wee question for Craig just we haven't been a professional footballer I just want to have a opinion on some now I know a lot of people tend to say that oh, Rangers fans talk about Celtic, Celtic fans talk about Rangers, but I'm a Rangers fan, but I just I want Craig's opinion on we 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 as Rangers we get put down to like the, the bottom tier and we bought ourselves up and as well that take so many years, so many years and let's be honest, Rangers can't do without Celtic, but Celtic can't do without Rangers and I I love by that because we can't. We can't we're, we're too much a media platform, we're too, we're, we mm-hmm. we sell the image. So if Craig's opinion is a professional footballer, nothing to do with all that side of it. Just, what does he think? How long will it take to... It does look... It looks like a wee bit of a farce on the Parkhead side, if you know what I mean. And with him being a footballer, how long... Is it, is it above football football material? Or is it, is it higher? Is it, is it the board that has to change? What, what is it? Well, listen, there's so many questions to answer. Uh, we don't really know what's going on with the board or what's going on behind the scenes. Um, certainly what I would say is there's no doubt that you know we've been talking for probably the last six or seven months uh, mm-hmm. not just on this show but probably everywhere of what Celtic need to strengthen coming into this season it was quite clear there was going to be uh, a turnover of players you know Christopher Ayer's been linked away Odson Edwards been linked yep. away Ryan Christie's out of contract Scott Brown has left so for, you know even just initially replacing those four players plus they had four guys in loan but you know there's eight players so for a long time they've been wanting to replace those kind of players. They haven't had a, a manager in place up until recently. They haven't had a head of oh. recruitment in place. So there's always a knock-on effect and they've now reached that point that they're five days away from a huge game against Mitchelland and the the kind of timing of all what's gone before has now caught up with them. So it, it, listen, it will take a while. I've said it could take one or two transfer windows for Celtic to get back into shape. I wouldn't say I would completely yeah. write them off for the title. There's no doubt that Rangers are much stronger, you know, much you know stronger in depth. Celtic still have good good players, but it will all be about recruitment. You know, it took Rangers. I'd said you know we spoke previously. Rangers under Stephen Gerrard previously in the in his three seasons had signed something like 39 players, and he didn't get every single one right. Yeah. He didn't get every single yeah. one right as a manager. That doesn't happen. So trying to rush transfers through in a short space of time won't work because you won't get them all right. So. 
Uh, Ange Postacol, we will need time. The thing is, Craigs, well, well, that, that's the thing. Even though I'm a Rangers fan, right? Well, well, Celtic give him as much time as what Rangers gave Steve Gerrard. Well, that's an interesting question because Celtic have been used to winning so many titles and so many trophies. If they went a season without winning trophies, you can imagine yeah, they were, absolutely there would be uproar. Whereas Rangers yeah. were probably in a process; they were evolving. They knew what was coming. You knew what they needed to do. They knew it would take time. So Ange Postecoglou needs support, not just now in this window, not just now in January when it comes along. If they've appointed him now thinking he's the man to take them forward, what's going to change in January? Unless they give him the resources yeah. to go and bring players in to strengthen things, allow him to bring his own staff in, which Stephen Gerrard was allowed to do. Ange Postecoglou hasn't been allowed to do that. He needs a little bit of grace so he can build things and move it forward. So, so can I ask you a question that I didn't even tell you, producers, but... Can I, so is, is this a bold progress then? Well, it, it it absolutely is. You know, when you look at the player they signed today, Abada, he's 19 years of age. He's not an established player. He could come yeah. in and be, you know, red hot and he could light the place up. But with young players, you get inconsistencies. You then look at Stephen Welsh, 21 at centre-half. Uragiri, 20 years of age, is a centre-half. So, so yeah. they're a young squad, uh, Karamoko Dembele, smashing young player. Mikey Johnson, if he's fit, smashing young player. But these guys will yeah. be inconsistent over the season. So they need the experienced players. And that's what Celtic have had over the past seven or eight years. Continual, consistent players who churn out results, churn out performances and win league titles. I, I think, David, it, it's really interesting to, to look at what they're signing at the moment. They signed Liam Shaw from Sheffield Wednesday as well as Urugide. Uh, the, the, guy, the guy today, uh, Lille Abada, is 19, Israeli winger. He's just become an international. These sound like promising players. These sound like developing players. The concern of the Celtic fans will be they're not here and now players that can step right in because you can talk all you like about a long-term project for Ange Postecoglou yeah. and Celtic. The, Cel the Celtic now. fans just ain't having that. Yeah, of course. See, the thing is, I'll repeat, I, I'm, I'm not a better person. I'm, I'm, I'm a Rangers fan, but without Rangers, there's no, without Celtic, there's no Rangers and without Celtic, uh, sorry, without Rangers, there's no Celtic. Yeah. That, you, need, you, need them you need them driving you on, don't you? That's, 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 that's the way it works. It's, it's just Scottish football. It's, it's, I know it didn't sound nice when you looked at it from an outsider's point of view, but that's the way it works. But you have to remember, though, whenever Rangers were weak, Celtic tightened the screw. Celtic invested and they brought in players and they won title after title. They built it up. 100%. So Rangers, you would imagine, will want to do the same. If they see any kind of weakness in Celtic, and whether it's a squad, whether it's performances, whether it's a manager, whether it's results, they will want to turn the screw. They will want to try... And, and show they can dominate for the next two or three seasons. And that is the big challenge for Steven Gerrard and his players. They couldn't do it last season. Of course, they won the title. Wonderful. They had a chance of winning two other trophies and they couldn't do it. I imagine that will still stick in the gut of Steven Gerrard. He will um, want to rectify the, that this season. Steven Gerrard will remember it's the fight the dog, mate. Not a dog in the fight. Well, that's the challenge he has to live up to next season as well, isn't it? That's 100%. But without, that's what I'm saying. But without a challenge in Celtic, there's nothing that the, league, the league's done. Well, I would imagine there will still be a challenge. You know, I'm, I'm sure Stephen Gerrard and his players... Well, there will be. Listen, Celtic are still a good side, still with good players. Whether they can do it consistently over a season is the, ch is the challenge. But you look at all the, all the players, all the players that are... They're, 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 they're under contract, but they still they want to leave. Have they got to give 100... Oh, that's not a thing. 100, 100%. <laughs> you're spot on, you're right. I, I hate, I hate I that. 100% <laughs> is a maximum you yeah. can give. Spot you see, on, see but, but I think what I, I, but, degrees, but, David, David, I, David, I think what, what worries the Celtic fans is not just that players are leaving, 
But actually, when you look at some of these guys, it's personality players. It's the captain uh, from the la- he's played with Celtic for the last 14 years, Scott Brown. That's gone. Even yeah. Chris Ayer. Look at how much enthusiasm that, was- that guy plays with. You know, a lot of fans. When you know a few months ago, we're thinking he's he's a guy you would want to actually build the team around. Now it seems like he's going. Maybe yeah, the inevitable. It, 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 he's going. It, 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 these these are these are big players for Celtic. These, these guys uh, take a lot of replacing, players. don't they? These these are these are the players that. Like, I'll say again. I'm an Angels fan, but like, I want I want a challenge next mm, year. Yeah. And like these players that are likely only players that have just come in last like, last week or last year. These players have been they're, they're established. But they're, they're household names within Scottish football and families that, but even if you're not even a Celtic fan, Chris Raya, you've heard him numerous times. Yeah. And now he, now you are suddenly just doesn't want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan Christie's another yeah, one who could be on the on the way out. Ryan Christie. Ryan Christie. Let's be honest. Ryan, Ryan Christie should be there. Ryan Christie should be a Cal McGregor. Doesn't want to leave unless money unless money talks. Yeah. But football so, evolves. They, 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 football evolves, they, David. You know, that's what happens sometimes. Players come in. You know, players don't have the affinity towards a football club that supporters do. Some players use the clubs as stepping stones to try and progress themselves on, rightly or wrongly. 100%. You know, they see it as a business. Football fans that's would love to see players stay for 10 years. Well, yeah, listen, but players, uh, supporters would love to see players stay for, you know, their full career because that's what fans would do. That's the club they're steeped in. That's who they were brought up supporting. You know, you know, Colin McGregor will be like that. You know, Kieran Tierney moved on eventually. He's you know steeped yeah. in green and white. But there's always opportunities when you suddenly outgrow a club or your performance level goes to a stage where other people are looking at you. It must be enticing. Yeah. David, your oh, name. Hundred percent, Craig. Craig, let's let's be honest. Right? It's 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 your work. Right? Yeah. I know. Even though you love, you love playing football, it's still your work. And yeah. like. If it's my work or MDLC work, see see if you've got a chance to go and make me money. You go, mate. Yeah, exactly. And see see now see these days it's no it's no backing when I was brought up in the nine or era where I'm a coach, Mark Catley, Brian Lodge, all that. You know, it, it's that wasn't all about money back then. Even though it was in a wee bit about money, it's, it wasn't like that back then. Whereas now it's just all money orientated. So it's like if I need to retire because I'm very short age. Uh, 34, 35 I've sorted my family out that, that's money on TV yeah. Yeah. Do, do you see other teams catching up with Celtic would, would that be a worry for, for Celtic uh, and you've told us uh, you're a Rangers fan several oh. times we get that completely but do you see I mean your namesake David earlier on on the show was saying he wondered whether the Hibs and Aberdeen St Johnstons and Hearts could be breathing down Celtic's neck well let's be honest Hibs just get scalped Arsenal didn't they yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah they did so, Celtic, watch your, watch your back. Well, well, it could be. It could, you know, I mean, Celtic fans will be worried about that. That, that as they don't man up and as they don't make signings, which make you think, wow, um, that that actually they could they could they could be in a bit. I mean, how you know, there were twenty five points back last season. I think Tuesday will be huge. I think we'll get a real reflection of what Celtic will be like this season on Tuesday night when they play Mitchelland. One, you know, how many supporters they get in, the reaction from supporters, the performance of the team and the fallout from it if things don't go well. I think yeah. there's so many uh, characteristics from Tuesday night we will learn about Celtic as a team and as a club and what direction they're going in. Thanks, I totally agree with you. See, see the thing, mate, Mitchelland, is it? People yeah. need to remember, they're name mugs, man. They're, they're name mugs. They've won the league. And uh, 100%. And... As it's, it's, it'll, be, it'll be a big reflection on Celtic as not just as a team, as in as in a full 
a full business, as in to say, like, like we need to. If, if that's the case, if, if, if I'm, I'm not saying whether I want them to be or no, but whatever the result comes, if it doesn't go their way, then they should turn around and say to themselves that like, we need, up, we need to, as a business, up our game. Yeah, David. Just finally to you, in terms of your ambitions for your team this season, uh, where where would it lie between? Uh, a successful title defence and making inroads into the Champions League? Uh, successful? Well, well, obviously win the league again. You think, that's, you think that's, that's a given? That's a given. Yeah. Uh, that's a given, mate. That's a given, mate. I, I if we don't win the league, then I'd be disappointed because I think that we've not had to tweak as much as anybody else and the reason for that is because we gave our manager three years to actually build this team, and that's that's what like Scottish football. We don't get even English football. We don't we, we don't give managers enough time. No, it's like you come in, you come in, do your own thing. No bang, you don't want it. Right, see you later, mate. Mm. That's just the way it is, isn't it? But but, but should it be because is really half a season, eight months, twelve months? Is it really long enough mm. to build your? But what you see in your mind is that is that real long enough? No, but, but but the people talk, don't they? The people have their say. It's all about oh, people power. The Celtic fans, the Celtic fans won't have an eighteen-month project. No, see that, that that's see exactly what you said there. That's exactly what it is. It's fans' power. Yeah. No matter what club you support, it's fans' power. You want them out, enough fans shouting their mouths will get them out. Talking about power, uh, plenty of power in your legs to keep 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 the cycling <laughs> marathon. Wait, are you are you doing a bit more tonight, David? Are you doing a bit more between now and nightfall? I'm got idea. I'm got idea. I just I said to produce. I'm got down twenty mile once come for one you. Right. Okay. Brilliant, David. Good. Yeah, and and, and if anyone wants to support you, uh, how can they how can they do oh, that? Hundred percent, mate. I, I appreciate any, any penny counts. It's for children's hospitals across Scotland, which is Chaz. Mm-hmm. It's for ter- terminal kids. They just create memories with their families that's what it is brilliant and uh, is, uh, the Just Given page is yep. if you go into Just Given and then go, and then you'll see you'll see we link to donate and then after that forward slash it'll be D-U so it's D-Y-U-I-L-L yep. then a wee dash and then J-O-G T L-E, which spells it John O'Groach to Land's End. I don't think about that there. Yeah, well done. Well done. Well done. Um, not only not only physically strong, but your brain's working as well, which is good. Um, right, right, slowly. slowly. <laughs> yeah, join the club. More power to you, David. Well done. You're doing a great thing. And, and uh, yeah, keep up the good work, absolutely. And Listen, guys, thanks, thanks for talking to you. Craig's Appreciate it, mate. Thanks, Cheers. Man. All the best. Good to have you on the show. That is David, who's peddling from uh, John O'Groats uh, to Lands and all in a really good cause. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. With Rob McLean and Stephen Cragen for another 15 minutes. And uh, you're welcome to join us if you've got the time. 0808 17 17 700. A recurring theme on the show tonight has been callers called David. Both of them Rangers fans and both of them concerned, in inverted commas, about Celtic. And both of them, I think, Craig's reckoning uh, that it's a shoo-in for their team in terms of any sort of title race this season. Yeah, I've got to say they were both very confident. You know, they said they would have liked the challenge, they want Celtic to push. But it will be interesting over the next few weeks to see how Celtic perform in Europe. There's still some friendlies to go. What signings they bring in and how quickly Ange Postacoglu can gel that squad together. 
Uh, Rangers looking strong, certainly strength and depth, no doubt about it. I said earlier we'll have to trim. Can they add one or two more? So certainly at this stage, Rangers looking overwhelming favourites. But Scottish football never disappoints, Rob. There's always a little surprise around the corner. That breaking news in the course of the last hour or so about Kilmarnock. East Kilbride have been awarded a 3-0 win over Kelly after the Ayrshire club played an ineligible player in Saturday's Scottish League Cup tie. Uh, the championship outfit to had admitted an inadvertent breach of SPFL rules. Uh, we're also given a £5,000 fine. That's been suspended for a year. Daniel Armstrong was the player who was used as a sub in Kelly's 2-0 victory at the weekend uh, but he was serving a one game suspension or he should have been because he shouldn't have featured at the time uh, the young man who joined from uh, Wraith Rovers was making his debut and uh, Killy in all sorts of trouble on the back of that three points for East Kilbride which uh, means they have four out of six so far in Group G lots of talk at the moment um, about uh, Fans coming back in, but in what sort of numbers? Uh, Celtic have asked for 18,000 for next Tuesday against Micheland. Uh, Aberdeen very hopeful, they say, of about 5,500 at Potodri on Thursday for their European tie against Hecken, the, the Swedish team, and that's in the, the Conference League qualifiers. And Hibs waiting to hear about their application for 8,000 fans they want for their opening games of the season at uh, Easter Road. So um, conflicting numbers all, all over the place. How's that all going to be decided, Craigs? I think it's per local councillor, Rob. I think you apply to your local council, is that right? Just to see what they can get in. You know, I imagine you would have to do a stringent, detailed report on entry to the ground, uh, social distance within the ground, you know, uh, kiosks not being open exit from the stadium, just making sure that people aren't congregating in certain areas. So, you know, clubs are wanting to go deep into it because they've had plenty of time to think about it. They've had plenty of time to do all this. You know, we've been waiting since since uh, way last year. So the clubs obviously are full of belief that they can get more fans than what is acknowledged at the minute. I mean, Celtic have 2,000 on Saturday against Preston North End. And a few days later, they're hoping to get 18,000. So, yeah. you know, I, I can't understand the politics behind it all. Of course, at the Euros, it was, what, over 12,000 at Hamden Park in Glasgow. I know they said that was a test event. It was a It's just all very thing. confusing, yeah, isn't it, it? It is. And it's, you know, we need to keep moving forward. I think mm. that's the key bit. Keep moving forward. And if these clubs are guaranteeing that there's social distancing within the stadiums and there's a safe entry and exit to the stadium, well, then why don't they just allow them to go ahead and proceed with it. It looks around about a third of each capacity, mm. doesn't it? Heads mm. maybe slightly more than a third, 8,000. I don't think there's 24,000 at Easter Road. No. But certainly, what, 60,000 at Celtic Park, they're looking for 18, what, anything between 15 and 18,000 at yeah. Tawdry, so around between five and 6,000. That seems about right. That sort of fraction really does sound workable, doesn't it? Uh, we're talking a lot about Celtic uh, tonight on the show, not surprisingly, really, uh, with so little time uh, between now and their... Uh, opening Champions League qualifier just five days away from that match against Mitchell and, uh, and Celtic have today confirmed the signing of Israel winger uh, Lil Abada from Maccabi uh, Peche Tikva. Uh, he's 19, um, had been under contract until uh, 2024, but he's agreed a five-year deal uh, with Celtic. He earned a first call-up to the Israel national squad in June after helping his hometown club finish fifth in their National Premier League. Uh, 13 goals in 38 appearances. Plays wide, but can play central as well. Celtic say he'd a, he was attracting interest from major European 
clubs. But uh, that signing uh, and others of late by Celtic uh, just raised the eyebrows a little. Are these players who are going to go straight in and make an impact and make a difference? Or are these players for a little bit further down the line? It certainly looks, with regards age alone, that it is uh, for further down the line, a project where they can build, they can grow together. You know, whether that is the plan of Ange Postacoglu or whether that's the plan of the club and he has to buy into that plan and roll with it, I'm not so sure. I think the bigger concern is, you know, you look at the average age of what the back four could be on Tuesday night. Greg Taylor at left back at 23, Urigiri, 20 years of age at centre-half alongside Stephen Welch, who's 21. Not a lot of experience in the heart of the defence. And Tony Ralston, who, you know, only, what, a couple of seasons ago, played at St Johnston, season prior to that, didn't get a game at Dundee United. It's yeah. 22 years of age. But so let's just have a look at the team, in fact, the team that, that played last night yeah. and then against Bristol well, City. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Barkas and goals, uh, Ralston, Uruguide, Welsh and Taylor, as you said, Soro and McGregor, which looks quite, you know, that, that mm -hmm. will be, you would imagine, the, the midfield central two uh, that they will be looking towards. Johnston, Turnbull, Karamoko Dembele and a Yeti up front. Um, I mean, how is that team, is that team going to change much between now and Tuesday? Yeah. Well, uh, Bain ended up starting, didn't he? I think Barkas got injured in the warm-up. That's right. Was that the shout? I think he got injured in the warm-up. Mikey Johnson went off early in the game, so he looks as if he's an injury doubt. James Forrest hasn't uh, you know, been spotted since the Euros. I think he was self-isolating for a while. So I think Saturday will give a clear indication of what the team will be in Tuesday. I would imagine that he will want to play his first-choice team in the first half. Give them 45 minutes, see how things oh. proceed or how things work out, bring them off and potentially put the younger ones on. But the likes of Karamoko Dembele, you know, he must look at Abara coming in and think, he's almost the same age as me. We're roughly around 18, mm. 19 years of age. Yeah. You know, I want to be involved. I want to play for Celtic. The only thing is Abara has played, what, 73 or 76 times uh, first-team football in Israel. So he's probably slightly further ahead in his development. Uh, Ayeti, who didn't get a game last season, was in and out of the team. There's always issues with regards fitness and sharpness. So you've got James Forrest, you've got Christopher Ayer, who looks like he's going to go. Uh, Odson Edward, there was no real news last night. That, that, you know, I think the manager said he hasn't played in pre-season. He played the first game, or certainly a half of the first game, against Sheffield Wednesday. Mm -hmm. uh, Ryan Christie, nowhere to be seen. Christopher Julian injured. Ball and goalie, nowhere to be seen. Tom Rogic, nowhere to be seen. So you'd imagine at least half of those players would make that team a little bit stronger. Yeah. So whether there's stuff going on in the background, Rob, we don't know about. We're trying to speculate about it all the time. But I would imagine if that's the team that starts on Tuesday night, Michelin will be rubbing their hands over two legs and thinking, we can do this. They're top of the... So they won the league. I think their season starts this weekend. They play with Dents. They've played Lech, uh, Lech Poznan. They've played uh, Olympic Sigma in pre-season friendlies. They've played Malmo, I think, in a pre-season friendly. So they're a well-oiled unit who have won their league. At the end of May, finish the same time as Scottish football, they'll be rubbing their hands and thinking, this is the team who is being pieced together and we're structured, we're organised, and they will fancy the chances of going through it. And Celtic, until that Bristol City game last night, have been playing uh, down at their Welsh training camp and uh, not really too many uh, first-teamers featuring lots of youngsters getting their chance. This was Callum McGregor, though, last night on the back of that Bristol City game. I thought it was good. You know, first half, really positive. I think we controlled the game really, really well. Doing the things that the managers asked us to do. Loads of rotation, you know, trying to find the spare man. A little bit of problem solving on the pitch and, you know, trying to take the ball forward through the thirds of the pitch. Uh, so I thought it was really good. You know, I think Bristol were in the box once, I think, in the first half. So try to do all those things, just keep getting better at them. Reaction when you lose the ball. Um, and obviously the only the sort of negative from it is, is obviously losing a couple of boys to injury. Yeah, that was uh, Callum speaking on, on Celtic TV. I mean, that's all very interesting about the, you know, and he sounds very enthusiastic mm -hmm. about the style of play that Ange Postacoglu wants to, to bring to Celtic. 
But the problem's personnel, isn't it? It's it's not playing style. Well, he must look around. You know, he's been there, you know, playing in the first two minute trophies for the last four or five seasons. He must be looking around and thinking, is this it? Is this what we've got? You know, he's been into Europe on many occasions, Rob, when they've been favourites, when they've been underdogs. And he's been able to look beside him and see Scott Brown. He's been able to look behind him and, you know, and, and see Christopher Julian and Christopher Ayer and think, well, we've got a chance. You know, we've got a chance. James Forrest on the right hand side, Edwards up front. You know, there's Dembele ahead of me. You know, the old Dembele, oh, yeah. or the, the previous old Dembele. Air Dembele. Uh, old air Dembele. and thinking, we've got a chance of winning this. Scott Sinclair on the left-hand side. Suddenly now he's looking and thinking, there's kids. Maybe he's getting older, so that's going to happen naturally. But he's thinking, are we well-equipped? And I don't think Celtic are equipped well enough to get anywhere near the Champions League. Are they equipped well enough to compete with Mitchelland? I would hope so. But he must be thinking deep inside is this what we're going to be like for the rest of the season? Because when you're playing in a team and used to winning trophies season after season, Rob, it's hard suddenly to then turn the tide and play on a side that isn't getting to the levels where you want to get to. Here he is talking about that uh, training camp in Wales, some of the young players. It's been good. It's, it's been a valuable week for us. You know, a lot of young kids coming down, you know, being in involved in the first team you know see quite a lot of them on the pitch tonight and you know they're giving everything they're, they're really trying to get to the level you know big Dano when he came on thought he was outstanding Monty did well again uh, young Moff getting another run out so you know for the young kids it's, it's brilliant so they need to just keep keep doing it keep sticking with it trying to get better every day and, and keep trying to push the squad because you know the numbers and where we're at there's chances for them so you know they have to get to the level Speaking about the likes of uh, Moffat and Montgomery who've been getting game time over the last uh, little while. But it is, it's a, we're just about out of time. That hour's gone really quickly, mm -hmm. Craig's, uh, but it's a real pressure time this for, for Andrew Postacoglu. The next five days, including that game against Preston, vital. Well, he's going to rely on Callum McGregor. That's the one player he's going to rely on. Try and give his information to put him onto the pitch and hope that he can inspire the younger players around about him. Cracks, thanks a lot. And that is it from us for a Thursday. Mark Guidi here with me tomorrow night. We'll also have the new Rangers signing. He is in Glasgow. He is in town. Fashion Sakala with us on the show tomorrow, live at five. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five.